As we continue worshiping together today, receive these words of scripture from Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with the 11th verse. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things to his counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that, with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Receive what the Spirit is saying. And I invite you together with all of us gathered in this place now to pray together. Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison. God, grant us your peace on this day when our hearts are stirred with anxiety and grief, when uncertainty is all around. Have mercy upon us and grant us your peace. May the words of my mouth be part of what you would share this day with your people. May it be for a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. When you love, you live. This is at the heart of God's promise revealed to us in Jesus. And we reflected on it at length last week, prompted by the question of the lawyer who came to test Jesus. What must I do, he said, to inherit eternal life? Jesus knew that he knew the answer. Jesus knows that we know the answer. The answer is to love God with our whole being and our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus teaches us that if we do this, we will live. When you love, you live. 
Love has power to give life. Love has all kinds of power. It has healing power, reconciling power, courage-giving power, liberating power, redemptive power, peace-giving power, new life-giving power, resurrection power. The force in the world that brings about all of these gifts of healing, of relationship, of justice, of peace, that power is love. And God is the source of all love. The writer of Ephesians, likely a disciple of Paul, prays that we will perceive the immeasurable greatness of God's power for us who believe, according to the working of God's great power. And what is this power? It is love. The ever-present love of God, active in our lives and always working for good in the world. We call it grace. You know, we can only come to believe in good, in love, in peace, in hope, in ourselves. We can only come to believe in anything through those gifts being reflected to us through relationship. You see, belief isn't a head thing entirely, certainly not in a faith context. Belief is a heart thing. It's a relationship thing. God loves you. We can believe in the hope of God's calling. We can believe in God's promise of redemption and new life because God loves us steadfastly. God stays with us even when we have sinned and done harm. God believes in us even when we struggle to believe in God or struggle to believe in ourselves. And God has given us one another to learn how this works. I look out upon all of you. I look out upon the faces both on this side and the other side of saints of our lives. And I think to myself, these are the teachers. These are the saints. These are the ones who strive to embody the way of Jesus, the power of God's love, who reflect back to one another the gifts of God. When I think of those in my own life who have loved me, forgiven me, remained with me when I was a mess, I'm occasionally a mess, and believed in me when I just couldn't believe in myself, I think of all of them on this day, family members, friends, colleagues, siblings in the body of Christ. We can't do it without the love of God flowing through us that we then put into action with one another. The saints in my life, some living in the church triumphant, some still laboring in this world, help me believe in love, in goodness, in courage. I watch you do what you do in the world, and be who you are in the world. And I'm encouraged, I learn to believe 
in God's promises through the saints. Who are the saints who have inspired your belief and your faith? Your trust in God and in the gifts of God. Who are the saints who have helped you believe in yourself? Who are the saints who have encouraged you to hold on to your faith that goodness is stronger than evil and love is stronger than fear and hatred? One of the gifts of today is that we pause and we remember them. We remember also saints that are not only known but also unknown to us who have borne witness to the power of God's love and mercy in the world and who have changed lives and the world as a result. And we also know that there's no saint who is fully perfected in love. There is no saint who has not sinned, for we all fall short of the glory of God. But part of the glorious inheritance promised by God is redemption. The promise that any life that turns toward God in love and humility will be received by God who is always willing and waiting to welcome the prodigal child home. And that can happen in this life and it can happen in the next. We don't have to understand God's mercy and grace. We don't have to know how or when it works. We don't even have to feel warm feelings about the process. We might want to say we don't like the way that this is set up in God's economy of life and love. But imagine for just a moment the extravagance of God's love for you even when you do your worst. A love that understands how you got into whatever mess you find yourself in. And who is compassionate even there with you. A God who knows what leads you to do whatever harm you may do. And is compassionate with you there. If it can be true for you and for me, it's also true for others, even those we cannot love in this world or in the world to come. What a promise. And that brings us to the next line in Ephesians that says, God put this power, this power of love, to work in Christ. When God raised him from the dead and seated him at God's right hand in the heavenly places. Do you hear that? It is the power of God's love that brings resurrection. The power of God's love and mercy promised to us is the power of resurrection. It is Easter power, the power to bring new life from the wreckage and pain of human fear and sin. It is the power that raised Jesus to new life and that fuels the promise of life beyond this one for you and for me. It is God's love, this beautiful, powerful, all-embracing love that holds all those we love and see no more in this world. They are held and sojourn in God's all-embracing, redemptive 
love, and peace. I'll close with some very simple words from the poet Wendell Berry that seem appropriate on this day and in this time of such deep anxiety and uncertainty. Berry writes, Whatever happens, those who have learned to love one another have made their way to the lasting world and will not leave whatever happens. It is by God's love and God's grace that we are given power to believe that those words may be true. Thanks be to God.